0: Is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, yes, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we would agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC equal housing lender, here's Todd Burgaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Alan Horton joining us uh, on the telephone from California as the Wolves are playing. Uh, I think it's four consecutive games in the, in the golden state out there. The first one was Sunday against golden state and uh, they gave up a fourth quarter lead uh, to the warriors. A little uh, bit of a rough patch here lately, Alan.
1: Yeah. Three straight losses and all three of them, uh, right down to the wire games that easily could have gone the other way. And um, other teams are putting up some good numbers against the wolves in clutch time. It's um you know, it's a it's a part of the game that you know you, roughly around the league, half of your games end up in clutch time, right? The final five minutes, game within five points, close contest, mm-hmm. and however you want to line it up, the league uses that five minute mark and the score of five. But you can you can use different um, time and score things, but the the general point is that a lot of your games come into cl- into close in the close contests and. Yeah. You know, it shrinks the game, right? There's only a certain number of possessions in there. And um, you, you, you have to execute in clutch time. It's, um, you know, good teams are good in clutch time. I mean, great teams avoid clutch time. They don't let opponents get into that. You know, they blow them out or they have a big enough lead. But um, these last three, and the Wolves have been really good in the clutch this year, up until these last three games. And uh, over the last three games, the numbers are startling. They're giving up 72% shooting in the clutch to their opponents. Six and nine from deep, six of seven at the free throw line. They're dominating the glass. It's really been... It's really been ugly in those final few minutes of these last three games.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it seems as though teams are really focused on uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, it, it should free him up a little bit once Cat comes back to the lineup, but he's, he's getting a lot of defensive attention, and rightfully so, especially at the end of games.
1: Yeah, and I'm afraid he's playing into that by trying to do a little too much. Um, that's where you got to trust your offense. you got to trust your teammates. Um, we did see it at the end of the Golden State game where they had uh, – a chance to tie the game. And there was some, there was, there was, I think they had created a turnover. Um, there was some good ball movement. They fed it to Jordan McLaughlin in the corner and his three ball uh, came up short. Clay Thompson came out, may or may not have fouled him. Um, but there was the right play. And I, I realized fans were upset. that Jordan McLaughlin was the one taking it. He's really struggled from three this year, uh, but that's the right play. You've got to trust to make the right play. Remember when LeBron started his career in Cleveland and, uh, everybody said, well, he was afraid to take the shot down the stretch. He was more than willing to make the right play. If it was for him to shoot, he would shoot it. If it was, if it was to pass to an open man, you do that because you have to trust your team. You have to trust your teammates. Um, and I and I thought that was a great example of the Wolves making the right play and just not getting rewarded by knocking down the shot. Um, you know, it is tough when, when Anthony Edwards is the one making that pass to Jay Mack. Again, it's the right pass, uh, but a lot of people felt like just, <laughs> Ant should have been shooting that ball, even if it's a a less wide open three than 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 J Mac had, but it's um, you know, it, it, it has to trust not only just in clutch time but in the game. And I think for for some reason, I feel like since the All Star break, it's only been a couple of games, but I feel like he felt he's felt like he's got to carry the load more uh, than mm-hmm. earlier in the year, and maybe that has something to do with DeAngelo Russell not being there because there's certainly there's certainly a lack of scoring in the Wolves lineup when. Those starters come out after the first quarter. Ant plays usually the whole first quarter, and then you start the second quarter. and You look at the five on the floor, and you say, "Who who's the most consistent scorer here? Where are the Wolves going to turn to for offense?" And that happened against Golden State the other night, and happened in the uh, fourth quarter as well when Ant had to come out in the beginning of the frame. You just you kind of looked at that lineup and said, "Where well, where's the scoring punch?" And, and the Wolves really kind of lack that, especially well, especially if Nasreet is starting, and especially if Jalen
0: Noel is out. Um, you've got some you've got some lineups out there that aren't really known for their scoring yeah I'm glad you referenced Nas Reed he he is playing good basketball I mean of course maybe I have recency bias I just saw him go 30 and 9 against Golden State but but he's a guy that that has really blossomed and and if he if 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 he's open in the corner and it's going to have a catch and shoot he's somebody you have to find at those clutch time spots as well but that could change dramatically here in the, we don't know, but uh, it seems as though just uh, the, soon the coming future with, with Carl Anthony Towns, turning to the lineup.
1: Yeah. I don't even, uh, you know, I don't even think guys are even thinking about that. They're just, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just, you get them back when you get them back. And if that's in a week or if that's three weeks uh, or if maybe it's not again until the end of the, you know, until next year, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. There's really been really no update on that and, and his status going forward. Uh, but Nas has made the most of his. I really like the way he's attacked and stayed ready. Um, you never know when your number is going to get called, and Rudy has had some late scratches from games, and, and that you know, for for a lot of guys, that can throw them out of rhythm. It can put some pressure on them. Nas seemed to embrace it, um, and he's really embraced that, that that starting role when he gets the chance. And the Wolves have played pretty well. I mean, he's t- when he starts, they're ten and four, and so he's he's mm-hmm. taking advantage of the opportunity. He's still got a ways to go. I mean, we see the highlights and we see the Nas read and. That's really become a fan favorite, um, you know. And as good and as well as he played the other night against Golden State, I look at the fourth quarter numbers and he was over six shooting, and he had the worst plus minus on the team in that stretch. Um, you know, it's one thing to put up 18 points, a career best for him, in an opening quarter, um, but you've got to do. You know, I'm not saying you have to duplicate that the entire game, but you've got to be you got to be better in the fourth um, than maybe even the first three quarters because that's where that's where wins and losses usually come down to, as we talked about.
0: Yeah, hard to duplicate 18 points every quarter unless your name is Dan yeah. Lillard, who just earlier this week that guy's <laughs> so much that's fun a great, to watch. Hey, Todd, and, you bring
1: up that that came against this is this is something that's going to happen over the final five six weeks of the season. The Houston Rockets mm-hmm. are just a pathetic basketball team. Okay, their their lineup is not designed to win games at all, and they have given up a huge number of big games. I mean, you know, in the Bay Area we played Golden State. Clay Thompson was coming off a of 12. Um, 12. He had 12 threes and was against the Rockets. This is a team that doesn't know how to play defense. You're going to see some big, big numbers put up against the Rockets. And what's funny is that 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 kind of gets lost about who the opponent is, especially once we time settles and you think back. Like next year, you'll think back. You'll see Damian Lillard's 71 point game. Oh, it came against the Rockets, and you won't really think, well, where where were the Rockets at that point? Were they is that James Harden Rockets or is that after that? Is that do they have a you know? You don't even really think about where they finished up. So I, it almost would come with an asterisk to me. Like, so much publicity is coming from some of these big performances we've seen. A, I think you know, scoring is at an all-time high. So guess what? People are going to have numbers. Now, I'm not trying to diminish what Damian Lillard did, uh, but I'm saying there's a lot of big numbers. And, we, you know, Nas, there were all sorts of numbers about Nas' big game the other night. Well, it, A, it came in a loss. B, somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to rebound. And, and, yeah, he got 30 points, nine rebounds, and five steals. Two blocks first time in franchise history. Somebody's ever done that. Well, it's the first time in mm. franchise history scoring has been this high. You know, so I mean, it's like it's you have to have a little bit of perspective on some of these numbers. And um, I think again, some of the lesser teams in the NBA, you're seeing some big, big numbers put up by uh, and Damian Lillard's was was a spectacular night. He's he's an incredible player. There's no shortchanging that. Um, I would just say that with that, the Rockets are, uh, you know, they, they've not. It's not the first time they've been shredded
0: this year. Let's put it that way. I, it's, uh, it brings up the old tanking issue that uh, has been part of professional sports for a long time. Maybe the NBA teams invented it. I mean, they were the first ones to have a draft lottery way back in the day. Uh, they're trying to do things to mitigate that, but uh, until teams don't have success by tanking and then getting high draft picks and building, especially the NBA, where one guy, and maybe especially this year, could make such a difference, it's worth it to be terrible all season long for that 15% chance. Uh, you get the 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 top prospect i can't remember his name right now though
1: oh yeah victor wembanyama the the yes. the kid yes. out of france who is uh 7 foot 6 and can handle the ball like a guard he can shoot threes he can do a lot of different things um uh, yeah the nba you know i think the nba was at the forefront of this because you know, basketball is a sport where, you know, one player can make such a difference. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, a quarterback in football can, can obviously make a big difference. But um, some of those top quarterbacks, you know, don't always go number one. They don't always go number five. Sometimes they go first or second round. Um, so you can still find one, even if you don't have the worst record. And I don't think the NFL teams have been as guilty of tanking as as, as the uh, as the NBA has. But, no, you have three teams that I think have pretty much assured themselves the final three spots, which is – those are the crucial three spots because they all get the same percentage of mm-hmm. uh, lottery balls for the number one pick. Now there still is some, there still is a, a goal to get to the worst record because if you do have the worst record, then you, the furthest you can fall is five. You know, if you had the third okay. worst record, I think the furthest you can fall would be seventh. Um, so there is some incentive there uh, beyond the number one pick, but there's no doubt that Houston. Um, I'm trying to think of the teams that are in there. Houston, San Antonio, and I think Detroit are the three teams that really kind of separate themselves. Charlotte, for some reason, has won, you know, I think they've won four or five in a row. They beat the Timberwolves. Uh, they're, they're, they're putting some distance between the bottom three. I'm not sure. Uh, it's tough to figure out what Michael Jordan's team is doing. But, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's throwing away an entire season, two seasons, three seasons is is not uncommon and it's um that's unfortunate when it when it comes to multiple seasons of rebuilding and that's basically why they had to get sam Hinkie out of philadelphia because it was becoming a problem in a major market that this team was just basically gunning for draft picks year in and year out um now there is hope down the road that those turn into something um and you're kind of seeing that in oklahoma city they've been able to uh, to to kind of they, they haven't been tanking that long it feels like they have but um they've already started to turn the corner and they've got a ton of, a ton of draft picks coming up, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I just, I, I can't stand those games at the end of the year when you're playing a team that has no interest in winning and um, you know, big numbers happen. And it's just, it's just, it's all pointless. It's all meaningless. Just, we should just be able to chalk up the win and move on because it's, it's uh, it's, I don't think it's fun for fun for many people. And I, I really do think it does some damage to your fan base who just, you know, mm-hmm. if you go to three, four years of down basketball, it really just eats away at, um, you know, your support and and, and wanting to try to generate this atmosphere at an arena, which you try to put at a peak level to draw people to come out. And, you know, it, that goes
0: in the face of that. And, and there's no guarantee that that's going to work. I mean, you referenced Philadelphia. They did it for several years. Uh, all, all we heard about was the process, the process, trust the process. Well, they, want, they haven't got a title. They haven't made the finals since the process. Nope. They have Joel Embiid, but they haven't been they able to put one. many guys around him because they've swung and missed on so many draft picks.
1: He's the only one.
0: Yeah, they missed on Ben yeah.
1: Simmons. They missed on, you know, they made a trade and uh, got Markel Fultz. They could have had Jason Tatum yeah. and uh, yeah, they, it hasn't necessarily gone exactly to plan. They're still a really good team, and the Wolves will see them next week at Target Center. Um, and James Harden comes in as a free agent. That had nothing to do with the process. Um, so yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's no guarantee, and, and you know these teams that that do tank. One of them, you know, imagine if you finished with a worst record or second worst record. You go through this whole season trying to shoot for these lottery balls, and you end up sixth or seventh in the draft. That's man, that's. That's not good because it's it's definitely a a heavy talent level at the top couple of spots, but after that, that it's probably just like any other draft. It's probably a crapshoot.
0: You know, you referenced uh, Charlotte and and uh, the Timberwolves took Anthony Edwards over Lamelo Ball, and that was a big conversation at that time in that draft. Who the Timberwolves should take, and and Ball is a terrific player, no doubt about it. But he's been more fragile. Edwards has played. Has he even missed a game due to injury with the Timberwolves? He's very sturdily built, and is, seems to be a guy who's going to be able to run a long time. And, and ball at the same time, While an outstanding player, uh, fragile and unfortunately going to miss the rest of the year, it looks like now.
1: Yeah, I think he just popped his ankle or something the other night. Um, so, yeah, that's he, he is talented, and he's put up big numbers against the Wolves. That was kind of a fun sidebar to that Wolves-Hornets uh, game coming out of the All-Star break is anytime, anytime Mello and uh, – and, uh, and Ant can go at it, um, you know. And, and Mellow and, and the Hornets got the best of the Wolves again. It's Just uh, frustrating to lose to a to a bottom feeding team like that. But uh, Ball's got an unbelievable talent. And yeah, that's what it comes down to, right? You know, it, it, the decisions you make, um, not only deeper in the draft and, and trades and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you're always you're always tied to that uh, to that first pick, especially at the top of the draft. And I, I don't think. I don't think there's any doubt. I, I certainly don't look at it as, oh, well, should they have
0: done this or should they have done that? I, I think Ant was the right selection. I, I think I'd do it 10 times mm-hmm. out of 10 again. Yeah, I think most would, certainly, because uh, in, in in no small part, the durability that Ant has shown uh, so far that has escaped LaMelo. You know, you referenced... Uh, um, and uh, you know, sometimes trying to force the issue a little. That ability to stay in the moment and absolutely make the right play each time is something that Djokovic does constantly. LeBron has done since he was in high school. I remember watching him on ESPN and him throwing no-look bounce passes from one corner to the other, and, and he had that court vision right away. Uh, that can be developed, or does it kind of have to come more naturally? You're talking about the passing in, in particular? Yeah, the court vision. Yeah. I think um I think that I
1: th- I think a lot of that is kind of innate, um, and you do kind of have to have it, but I do think you can become a better passer as you um as your as your experience grows in the league. And I think we've seen I think we've seen that happen for Ant a little bit. Um and I think it can happen some more. As soon as you start getting comfortable with what you're doing in terms of scoring, then you can kinda of say, Well, what now I'm so comfortable with that now maybe the game slows down for me a little bit. Now I can take a peek to the corners. Now I can look back over my shoulder. Maybe I got a teammate back there. Or look across the lane and bounce it off. I'm always, um, I always love when Ant is able to set up Rudy on a lob because it, it doesn't happen very often, uh, and you kind of think, man, you should be looking for that more. It's such an effective, effective play. And if you start to do that, guess what happens? Defenses, um, they they know their scouting reports. Everything is scouted. They know. They know when Ant drives right what his percentage at the rim is versus when he drives left. And guess what? They'll take whatever's lower. They're going to force you that way. And if they know you're not going to pass the basketball, well, then they can just collapse down um, and really hammer you and put multiple defenders on you um, and make life difficult at the rim, which we've seen this year from, the, from Ant. If he got, he's gotten frustrated on his drives, hasn't been able to finish them. He feels like he gets contact. But, you know, look, you're not going to get a call on every single drive. But I, I do think – I do think that part of his game has expanded a little bit. I think I think his assists have probably gone up from his um, from his rookie year. I wouldn't I can't off the top mm-hmm. of my head tell you that his assists have been you know increased by one or two per game of the first three seasons, but I feel like they've been up. And I and I feel like one of the things he's developed this year with with Cat being out and now D'Lo being gone um, is that um, he, he's he's kind of learned the nuances of the game a little bit. When to make passes, when to involve teammates when to look for his scoring. That is something that just, that only comes with experience. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he had, you know he's, he's struggling here in the month of February a little bit. I mean, he's still averaging 24 points a game, but his shooting numbers are the worst of the season. Field goal percentage and three-point percentage. Um, and maybe some of those games are starting to add up right now. He did have, you know, going to All-Star weekend and being part of that, you don't really get the full break that other players do. Um, so maybe he's hit a little bit of a wall. So Uh, We'll see how he fares here the last 19 games. I know he's not going to, unless he's injured, he's not missing the game. Uh, He did miss a handful last year, but, um, you know, those were some minor nicks and bruises for the most part. He's been amazingly healthy. And I think overall this season, however it ends up, is is really going to be a positive
0: for Anthony Edwards in his development. Yeah. You've got a terrific score. I mean, just a other world talent and uh, yeah, lots of fun to watch. That's for sure. Russell Westbrook, it, it would seem as though, uh, you know, the Lakers didn't want him anymore. They're not a very good team, but the Clippers picked him up and you get a chance to see him tonight. Uh, are they going to, you know, uh, he's already played one game, I think with them, but uh, interesting guy to add into the Clippers. Yeah. It's uh that's, that's a big name and not a great fit for anywhere he's been lately.
1: You know, it's um so it, it is interesting. I, I just wonder if some at some point it ever clicks in for Russell Westbrook that he's not the player he used to be, and can he extend his career by accepting a different type of role? And um, you know, I think I think the one thing the Clippers have, kind of like the Lakers, is a very experienced team. I think a deeper, more experienced team uh, behind Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I think in LA they really they really just had LeBron and and AD. Um, but if Russ can accept his role, I think he can still he can still do. He can still help you win games, um, but if 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 that role is uh, too expanded for him, he can also hurt you in games. You know, his defense is not there, his defensive awareness, um, his shot selection, all those type of things. I think the Clippers might be able to overcome that um, if he's in a limited role coming off the bench. But um, you know, we'll have to
0: see how that plays out. I wonder if they could have foreseen the future, the Lakers, and that LeBron was going to get fairly seriously hurt it sounds like uh he heard a pop and it's in his foot that's not two good things to put together and maybe out the rest of at least the regular season we don't know for sure yet but i wonder if they could have foreseen that if they would have kept russell westbrook uh yeah
1: it, you know i just think it was a bad mix all the way around right from yeah. the beginning it's just uh for two years and so yeah, I, mean, I guess you're right because maybe you you do some things differently. I, I just think now you play through Anthony Davis as much as possible. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's mm-hmm. capable of playing 19 straight games and being the focal point, but that's what their options are right now. And, um you know, it, you would have Russ to, to kind of play through and play around, but I'm not sure you're winning games with that, you know, with that strategy yeah. because, again, the shot selection, the heavy minutes, his, his lack of defense at this point is just – um, you know he'll put up his numbers. He'll get his triple doubles, but are you trying to win games
0: and get to the playoffs? I'm not sure that's I'm not sure that's happening. Yeah, Alan, thanks so much. Enjoy your time down there in California, and uh, we'll be tuned in. All right, Todd, appreciate it. Alan Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender.